One, two, three, and we're on. Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business owners and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their mistakes, pump up your own inspiration, and grow your bottom line. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Matt Swanson. Say hello. Hey, guys. How are we doing? And we're also accompanied by my co-host, Mr. Christian Webb, the CEO of Business Marketing Solutions Group. How are we doing? Good. So you got sunburnt, Reese. I got super sunburnt. At the last Panther game, guys, it's a very special day. It is the day that the Panthers will beat the Bucks the first time because we got one more time to go. So there's that. Let's do a little introduction about Matt. Matt has a long history of helping businesses engage their customers, prospects, and the community in general online. For 15 years, he helped small community newspapers learn to embrace the internet as a medium for distributing their news content and helping advertisers engage with their audience. Four years ago, Matt formed MS Digital Solutions, a digital marketing agency that focuses on the website and its relationship with other digital marketing solutions and processes to help businesses make the most of their presence online. Matt and his wife, Jennifer, have been married for 18 years and have a 16-year-old son, Ryan. For years, he's been a spectator on the sidelines of soccer fields, karate tournaments, all sorts of things all over the state of North Carolina. Matt enjoys a good scotch and a local craft beer. When he isn't enjoying those, he can most likely be found sweeping up the fur that is shed by the three four-legged members of the household. Two cats and a dog. That was a mouthful. Matt, how are we doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great, guys. Glad to hear it, man. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, Matt, you know, we're in the digital marketing space, and we're so glad that we've uh, developed this partnership with you over the course of the last couple months. And um, it's amazing. There's just so much stuff to do with digital marketing in general that... I feel like I feel like we need more partners, not less. You know. Um, so but before we got partnered up, I, I didn't know you were another Scotch drinker. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yep. I got I got introduced to Scotch by a previous CEO, and he started me on that good expensive habit. Yeah, <laughs> yep. you, you you and my buddy over here just like to drink paint thinner. Chris, Christian calls it paint thinner because Christian is wrong, and he, he has, just had he the has, wrong scotches. You know, Christian Christian's he has what, made me try a lot of scotches. You know, Christian is more like a uh, he's like a uncultured swine. I think. <laughs> So newspapers to digital, like what was that transition like? Not nearly as hard as you might think. I really? Mean, I spent uh, the better part of 15 years convincing 60 and 70 year old editors and publishers to embrace the internet. And uh, if you can make it through that, uh, you know, it, everything else becomes gravy. It's yeah. easy. They're all like, it's going to phase out. Not important. This is just a fad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The internet is just a fad. That's such a, that's such a miraculous thing to think about. Um, yeah. I remember when when they said the same thing about Facebook. Um, my first Facebook page was dedicated to like schools. It was dedicated to university, college kids, and stuff like that. And it's just grown into the miraculous thing that it is. How so? How did you get from the day to day of newspaper to digital? However, I'd always wanted to uh, start my own business. I'd, right. And I'd always figured it would be a couple years up the road. Actually, probably three or four years ahead of today. Uh, but the opportunity presented itself uh, when the uh, newspaper company I was with was going through some transitions and figured that was as good a time as any to uh, jump out on my own. Um, what I was doing with the papers was, was really about helping the different parts of the newspaper company and each of the individual properties work with their, uh, their audience. So you know, helping the editorial departments get content out on the web, uh, help uh, ad the advertising departments monetize all of the websites. 
And when you think about what I do today, it's really those same things, just targeting a different line of business. It's yeah, individuals and yeah, exactly. different businesses and stuff. What what direction do you think the newspaper industry is going? I mean, we see every day the decline in the amount of people that read newspapers and such. I firmly believe that their obit section is their own mm-hmm. obit section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of these days, uh, the newspaper industry will... Uh, you know, realize that there's been no more obituaries coming through because <laughs> everybody that read that is now, is, has now died. And the younger audiences, which don't read the physical paper in their hands and just read everything online, you know, th- so. Yeah. I can't those, tell you the last time I touched a newspaper. Right. So those newspapers that actually have embraced the Internet, they're going to be well positioned uh, to keep moving forward. Those mm-hmm. that have not will fold up and go away you know what i use the newspapers for is uh cleaning my windows yeah <laughs> so it's just the type of paper it is you know you use the windex and the and the paper and it works perfect but right. um it's so interesting because i mean as little as 10 15 years ago um by your own admission i mean you know you were making moves in the newspaper industry and and spreading you know the the word and the different types of advertising and, and everything else like that in that industry. And that's kind of a recent change. I mean, I'm glad you evolved past it. I, re- I really am. Because, like, that's a perfect example of a company or companies that are in, like, the perfect position to take all the market share in the digital news space, but then none of them did it. Like, no. you might have, like, one or two that did it. And all the others were like, nah, we're too big. We're not going down. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you really look at it, the, the big newspapers, they're the ones that are going to be in the most trouble. Um, yeah, they've they, given yeah. up so much of their space on local. They don't really control local anymore. Mm-hmm. To be relevant in their space, they have to have national news, world news, even state news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that neighborhood news that was really what they grew up around, they don't own that anymore. And so, you know, now you're actually competing with the internet yeah. for content. Good luck. They, they have to compete <laughs> with the CNNs and the Fox News and everybody else out there because they're all sharing the exact same content. Yeah. Can, can you think of any, uh, speaking on the marketing subject, can you think of anything that you learned particularly from newspaper that you, tra- you have since transitioned into the digital world? Know your audience. Yeah. You have to know your audience. Mm-hmm. If you cannot answer why me like why are they buying my product mm-hmm. my service fold the doors up on that business because yeah you that's the central question that is what makes them different from everybody else you, know, yeah. you may have a widget or you may provide a service somebody else provides that service somebody else provides a similar widget yeah probably similar price probably similar attributes so why are they going to buy it from you yeah it's, it's a, such an interesting subject, you know, knowing your audience and getting your audience to know, like, and trust you as well, yes. um, which I think may be kind of a difficult thing to do just with newspaper. But correct me if I'm mistaken, but newspaper would do that more with, um, with the amount of impressions that you receive. So if you see Reese's ad, you know, 10 times over or something, it begins to develop that trust in the brand. Is that right? Is that usually how it works? Well, advertising in a newspaper, online, wherever it may be, is definitely a numbers game. Yeah. I mean, you have, depending on who you ask, you have, you know, 12 to 13 impressions to really start to convert somebody into recognizing you. Mm -hmm. Then you have another handful of impressions to help them understand that, yeah, I actually, they recognize they have a need. Right. Then you have to associate that need with your product. 
So if you think that one, two, three impressions are going to actually get the job done, yeah, no, there's you're n- way off. There's no way. No, there's no way. And that's just getting deeper now. Like the easier it is to get in front of people, those mm-hmm. numbers just increase. Right. It's not going down. It's going yep. up. <laughs> because there's so much more competition for our attention as consumers. Absolutely. I read recently that it, on average, it requires a customer nine impressions to a brand before they, they choose to make a decision with that brand. And I mean, I think that number's only going up. I don't have any evidence to support it or anything, but. Anyway, oh, it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, like you said, everybody's distracted and they have more um, reasons and things to look at and different screens. I mean, I've noticed myself, I'll be playing Candy Crush while I'm watching Netflix at the same time, you know? And by the way, I'm the Candy King, but it is what it is. So so, so tell me, what it, what was it like to transition um, into your own business? Because obviously you didn't own the newspapers. So when you started MS Digital Solutions, um, I mean, there's obviously the fear factor that goes into play. Um, there's yeah, Scary as heck. Yeah, and, the, and there's, the, there's the strategy. Where did you start? What did you do? And how did you decide to do it? So I started from my why. I started from you know, understanding why people should work with me. Mm-hmm. And that meant I had to come up with what am I offering and why is it different, positioning myself in a slightly different position than all the other people out there that can build a website. Right. And what would that position be? What would you say it is? So it's, it's really it's about the audience, mm-hmm. and knowing the audience, how to engage the audience. Um, I want to make life easy for business owners. Mm-hmm. You know, so they have a website. But if all they wanted was a little postcard out on the web, uh, they could leave. They could build something, set it out there. You know, the the Ron Popeil uh, set it and forget it right. method of advertising that yeah. so many people seem to embrace. Because people are just going to get lost and find your website, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One day, somebody was wandering around the thing called the internet and yeah, wandered yeah. across your website. Yeah. If that's a marketing plan, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so know your audience. Um, with the additions of things like you know Squarespace and Wix, um, even WordPress to a limited extent with its with its themes, it's getting easier and easier to develop a website. Um, where do you see that that specific technology going? The the internet is just is making it easier for people to own and maintain a website. Mm-hmm. The thing that it's not doing is giving people more time. Right. The amount of time that any business owner has in a day is finite. There's 24 hours in a day. Nothing you do is going to get you a 25th. Yeah. And so, really, they didn't get in the, into the business of creating whatever widgets, doing whatever service they do, because they wanted to maintain a website. Yeah. They do what they do for their business, and they should focus on that. Yeah. What, some of the best advice I ever got in business actually comes from my mother, who's, who's a hilarious person, Christian can attest anyways, and it come at a very young age. So I'm, I'm not very artistically talented, and so I enrolled in this art class, and it said, um, basically I drew a SpongeBob or something like that, and I get out of the class, and my mom's like, oh, you did such a great job with the SpongeBob or whatever. And then she uh, looks at all the other kids' SpongeBob drawings and stuff, and she says, son, uh... Stick to what you're good at. <laughs> so, so, needless to say, there haven't been too many more SpongeBob uh, drawings or anything like that. But that's yeah, exactly I, it, you know. I have a twin sister, mm-hmm. uh, five foot four, blonde-haired twin sister. And how, so how are, tall are you? How tall are you? Uh, six two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's so a big difference. So we are exactly alike. Right. We together, <laughs> yeah. we make one well-rounded human being. Gotcha. Uh, she's an art teacher. I don't have those genes. So right. I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. Yeah. My only artistic uh, skills are with a camera in my hand. Yeah. 
uh, which is the only skill she doesn't have. That's interesting. But I think businesses have to recognize that in, in themselves. Yeah. And say, okay, these are my core strengths. You know, is it building a website? Is it maintaining? Is it understanding the technologies and strategies that are out there around promoting my business online? If a business owner does have that core competency, then sure, they can take that part on and f let other people focus on other aspects of their business. Right. You know, but most people don't have that. No nobody has the time. Heck. I'm in the industry. I don't yeah. have the time to keep up on all the trends that are going on. And yeah, in and they change every single days. day too. They're you know. changing while we have this conversation. Yeah, they just changed. You yeah. know, just just a second ago here. <laughs> right. Um, can you think of any project that you've done that you're particularly proud of? Oh man, um, there's a every lot day. of them. yeah yeah. I put a lot of thought and a lot of love into all the all the websites that I roll out there. Um, you know, whether it's uh, Brumlow and Company and a, a uh, was a was a website I built for a uh, accounting firm down in uh, Georgia, mm -hmm. um, or you know the Anchor Security and Locksmith small uh, small locksmith company up here. You know all of these projects because they ha all have different purposes. I love working with somebody that has an idea for what purpose the website's going to hold in their business. Right. If I can help them in the conversations that we have leading into the project, mm -hmm. really kind of figure that out for themselves, Yeah. then I You're know that win. project is going to move forward and really have uh, a much better outcome. Well, right. We definitely, we definitely appreciate what you did for our website. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. Had, we had something completely built out and it was nice and all, but couldn't edit anything. <laughs> yeah. We were just on the struggle bus with it. I mean Matt was like, quit being stupid. Yeah, <laughs> Matt was like, nah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna switch this up and make it make it great. And uh you did. You know, we really we really appreciate the the work that you did with our website particularly. Um it was uh you're gonna appear on there now, buddy. You're gonna be on the on the podcast portion. Yes. So so if it if it messed up, I mean that's on you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that'll, that'll be an interesting thing in general. Um tell me this, what what would um so I always think about you with with website development, but I know that you have a huge space to grow in uh, particularly website hosting, um, website um, what would you call support maintenance and stuff like this. Um, what what types of services are are particularly interesting to you with MS Digital Solutions in that space? So support and maintenance, uh, I think, is probably the best area that I can help businesses. Sure. Whether if they have an existing website. And it's just sitting there. You know how many businesses are sitting out there frustrated? Mm -hmm. They've got, oh, that photo from five years ago. I should probably swap that out. Or yeah. We've got old pricing sitting out there on the website, and I don't have anybody that can change it. Yeah. There's no reason. I don't care if you, built a, you had somebody build a website and you've lost contact with mm -hmm. them. You don't know how to do it yourself, but... There's no reason for a website to sit there neglected, forgotten, yeah. you know, sitting, getting dusty on the, up there on the shelf right. of the internet. So I want to be able to help businesses that have existing websites be able to take advantage of them, even if that doesn't mean that we're completely rebuilding it. Websites evolve over time. You add new content. I mean, it's, it's a good part of a, a SEO strategy is just, Consistently Little, adding content. Right. Yeah. Adding content, tweaking the stuff that's there so that Google knows that what's there is up to date. It likes to think that up to date equals relevant mm -hmm. and therefore it gives it more uh, yeah. credit. You're probably about to have a wave of new business, aren't you, with all this uh, new where, where, Google, where Google's starting to like push towards 
mainly mobile versus desktop. Absolutely. You're about to have to remodel so much stuff. Well, they started <laughs> that process about four years ago, right about the time that I started about this how long business. it takes Google. Oh, boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. They started, they, they said at that point, um, you know, we're going to start looking, <clears throat> it's giving more importance to mobile-friendly websites. Mm -hmm. And then they said, uh, we're going to, if you know, we're going to grade mobile and desktop experiences separately. Mm -hmm. Now they're just saying, listen, we're just going to look at your mobile because more <laughs> yeah. than 60% of our uh, search results are being delivered mobily. Right. So if you don't show up well on mobile, we're just going to ignore your search results. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that is a huge thing. And I'm still running across websites that are not mobily optimized. Every day. they're literally going to, if they were on the first page or second page, right. they're going to be like on page 20. 20. Mm -hmm. they start if doing they that. are lucky. If yeah. they even exist. Right. <laughs> One of the things in our private conversations that you said to me that I was like, man, that was that was brilliant. You know, that, no less than I'd expect from Matt Swanson. But um, you said websites are living and breathing things. Absolutely. And one of the one of the things we had a customer and he said, you know, I used to pop up first on Google. And and I was like, well, how long ago was that? And he said, you know, four or five years ago or whatever. <laughs> and then I was like, let me take a look at that real fast. And And I was like, that's just not going to work, man. You know, it's, it didn't, it didn't live and breathe. You, you set it up and then it died an early death. You know, right. it, it used to look good. Um, have you done any look into this, uh, voice search engine optimization, uh, where people are searching for different services, just say digital solutions, and they're searching through their Amazons and their Google homes and stuff like this? Yeah. It's still based on keywords and still based on how things index. Um, the thing that people often forget is it's not a website mm -hmm. that ranks for a, a search result. It's an individual page. Right. So you've really got to look at the content and you just have to start thinking about the content that you put on there in terms of what is the phrase that somebody is going to now ask instead right. of type out. Now you have to start thinking about it in terms of how are people going to ask this question? Yeah. What hey, Google, find me a blah. Right. <laughs> one, one of the things, uh, Christian and I attended a, a summit very recently, and they were talking about voice SEO, and they said that Google will now answer the question. So, like, let's say you're looking for widget this, widget that, or whatever. You know, a person might not even ask for the widget. They might say, what is the best way I can achieve X? And the answer is widget, you know? Um, I think that's going to be a very interesting topic. I think topic. He's, he's referring to the featured snippets. Yep. So, like, basically, now they're, now they're taking blurbs out of, oh, taking blurbs out of a website completely mm -hmm. and just literally dropping the answer at the top. So you don't have to have an ad running and it doesn't have to pop up organically. It pops you above all the ads, but it's very rare. You mm -hmm. have to have a perfect website and it has <laughs> yeah. to be fantastic. Google has to think you're a nine out of 10. Basically Matt had to do your lucky. website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all that and it then is. You have to get lucky. Yeah, yeah. The, rich, the rich snippets are huge in delivering those little nuggets of information right? because Google's looking for quick little, and think of those as sound bites exactly. of, of search results. So you're looking for that little bit that grabs somebody's attention and makes them want to move forward with you. Yeah. Um, so you've got to boil something down into six yeah. or less words, five, six words. Right. To, you know, to My really feeling with that featured snippet is that's exactly what they're going to use to say to you when it's just voice. So they're going to read that, like Google's going to read that snippet off. And that's kind of why they're trying to build that up. That's what I think. That's where I think Google's going with it, if that's not already obvious. Um, I, I feel like that's where they're going with it. They want one sentence to spit out to you to answer your question. And now when I ask, uh, when I ask 
Google stupid questions, she's always like, he does it a bunch. Does it a bunch? Asks a bunch. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. The you know as people talk to their search engines more, uh, you know, Google has worked a lot on understanding the uh, semantics of written, and now it's learning the differences in semantics for verbal communication. Uh, and you got to think about that. There's, we say things differently than we write things. Mm -hmm. And Google's trying to do this across, what, 150 different languages or something <laughs> silly like that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that even possible? Like, <laughs> that's, that's insane to me. Those guys are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's incredible, you know, the amount of things that, I mean, you know, Google is smarter than all of us in this room combined. You know, it, it, it takes into effect all of these different things. Um, I saw recently where um, you can look at Google Virtual and you can see how Google sees your web page, like how right. the algorithm actually sees it. And that's something where, I mean, I almost think anybody that wants to have an online presence should talk to someone like you about appearing in that space. Yeah, see how, I, how is my page indexed? Right. You know, what, how is it showing up? What are the words it's showing up against? Right. Yeah. Um, Google, kind of getting back to what you were just saying a minute ago, Google is one of those things where it's it knows so much that it's convinced us that we're wrong. <laughs> if we ask a question yep, yep. and we don't get the results that we want, yeah. do we go deeper into the search result? No. We right. ask another question. We, yeah. we change what we ask for to get what we want. <laughs> right. So we were wrong. Not it. Yeah. <laughs> us. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of danger in that too, because if if somebody somebody has an extreme belief or something like that, then, you know, they search on the internet and they see where people of like-minded beliefs, even if it's, you know, something crazy, alien monsters, outer space, area 51 rating stuff, right. you know, or whatever, you know, they'll, they'll find a, a group of like-minded individuals instead of a factual scientific and true answer. So it's, it's very interesting the way that the internet is going. Well, I definitely think we see that in social media these days, especially Absolutely. around yep. politics, religion, and all the other things we're not supposed to talk about in business. Right, and it's it's only getting worse, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I'm waiting for the market to correct itself, as it were. So, um, tell me about your direction. So, MS Digital Solutions, you you concentrate on helping business owners affect their target audience. Um, you know, where do you see yourself expanding? What types of services do you want to get into? If you do. Um, do you see yourself bringing on an in-house, I don't know, content developer or graphic designer or something like this? So right now I subcontract out all my graphic work, all my um, written yeah. work uh, that goes beyond a certain level of time. Right. Uh, there's only one of me in the business right now. And yeah. So I have to, f I focus on strategy. I focus on implementation. I focus on technology. Yeah. And I let the people that can do cr good creative content uh, and you know writing and uh, imagery I let those that can do it better and faster than me do it yeah. better than faster than me absolutely um, so I can focus on the things that I'm better and faster at than them yeah yeah I mean it makes perfect sense you know it's it just just like my mom says stick to what you're good at right. you know and so I'm exploring areas that uh, continue to help businesses grow and make it easier for people to want to do business with them. Yeah. Uh, for example, I'm looking at technologies that we can, physical technologies we can put into a, a business that can engage 
some like let's say a uh, oil change shop with a waiting area mm-hmm. used to be you'd go in there you'd sit down you wanted to use their wi-fi you'd go look there's a little card over on the uh checkout counter that has right. wi-fi password is this yeah well what if we create it so that they don't have to go plug in a password they can just give a little bit of information mm-hmm. to the business now that business can engage with them both there and off premise, right? Yeah. So you're the reason that when I go to the coffee shop downtown, they ask for my email before I get my Wi-Fi password. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Matt, Matt's ruining everything for yeah. all of us, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic because then they can email market, they can focus yes. on you, they can do all yep. that good stuff. Yep, they can see who are the like coffee shops are perfect examples. How many people go in there and don't actually buy coffee and just use their Wi-Fi? Wow. So now yeah. they have a way to actually start to monetize and market to people that use their service that didn't necessarily purchase from them that day. Yeah. We can capture some information. We can get some demographics. We can get to know our audience. Uh, they can send texts. They can send emails. On pr- you know, ev- Even capturing people as they walk by from location-based uh, marketing. There's a lot of things you can do. So that's... Yeah. Those kind of services are things that I'm looking at. Um, you know, that's where of, that's where geofencing and stuff comes into yes. play, right? That's yeah. Why we need a, that's why we need a coffee shop in front of the office. We do need a coffee. Listen, so we can take all your emails. T- well, yeah. that's your own. That's your own um, product. Your, your your testing group. You can just yeah, yeah start play up front. Right. Yeah. You get free coffee. I I never even thought about people just going to a coffee shop to to kind of work or concentrate or or yank Wi-Fi because you know I'm I'm like a coffee enthusiast you know like I, I sometimes have blood in my coffee stream type right. of thing so you know it's it's one of those things but that that's such an interesting thing and i i think that the um the geofencing and the location targeting marketing and stuff like that um i mean you can also get into your competitor space that way a little, a little bit, bit you know yeah. um that's such an interest i never even considered that but i definitely think it's the way it's going um we get more and more questions about geofencing so, on the something day. i think that's uh this is backtracking a little bit but something i think strongly uh, misunderstood is like nowadays if i open a business so this is for entrepreneurs so or up and coming entrepreneurs at least right so if i'm opening a business and i'm like first thing i need boom llc get all that out of the way i need to build a website first thing most people go to these days which i think is silly and, and i did this and that's why i had to call you is go to something like theme forest and just download it because they're pretty right they're pretty so you push play and you're like boom it all pops up and then you have to get some copy added to it which takes forever and then you can't do anything with it um why is that so misunderstood now i want to hear your side on this because like after you fixed our website it's like 100 times better Mm -hmm. so i just want to know why that's so broken so it really becomes a question of the is it truly a do-it-yourself or is it do it how we want you to do it with just these couple little uh, (laughs) narrow channels that you can make changes in. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different services, so many different uh, themes, so many different products out there that are meant to make it real easy to have to call their customer service back to make a change where they can then charge you to do more. So when they force you to call them, their service is terrible because you have to call them. <laughs> right, and it's it's only them that can fix the crazy code that they put on the right. 13th page of the, you know, they did an X instead of a Z or whatever, you know. It's ridiculous. Once you've created that walled garden and people get into the walled garden, mm-hmm. 
you know, if there's, if you control how the rain gets in. Yeah. yeah. And so their plants aren't going to grow yeah. without you working with them to get a little more rain. And yeah. that's, there are so many services that are set up on that kind of a premise as opposed to really allowing people to do what they want. Yeah. And so, you know, finding the, the partners that you can work with that are really about delivering what you need is important. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that you and I had, had discussed, um, I don't know, this has been a couple months ago or something, but we were talking about the difference between particularly, I think it was the difference between like Shopify and WooCommerce and Shopify is one of those template examples for, uh, for having e-commerce, whereas WooCommerce is open source. And the thing that you said that I really appreciated was that WooCommerce might have a longer setup, but it's open source which means that if you can dream it, it can be built. You know, it's not to say it'll be easy, but it is to say it can be done type of thing. So that's another interesting feature about website development. Right, yeah. There's so many. Uh, WordPress as a whole I mean, mm -hmm. is open source. And if you go with Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, all of those guys, someday you're going to get to a point as a business where you have a, a certain bit of functionality that you want to do right. that they can't support. Yep. So here's what's going to happen you now have to move yep. off of them. You cannot just pick up your website sitting on Squarespace and physically move it to somebody else because it is dependent upon their walled garden of an environment right. to work. Whereas WordPress gives you that mobility, gives you that capability to bolt things on yeah. and make the site what you really want it to be. Absolutely, absolutely. I like to end our show by asking asking a weird thought experiment type of question. So I told you, yeah. if you can, yep, yep, weird stuff always. Bring it. So if you could develop websites for any specific niche, what do you think you'd choose and why? Uh, man, any I don't think that's that off the wall, but in mm -hmm. my area right now is really much more targeted towards services. Mm -hmm. Um and I think it's because of how I originally start when I was launching my business, my question to people was, listen, if I can free up an hour or two of your time and you can reinvest that in your, in your business, you know, what's that worth you? What's the return on that couple of hours? Right. And if that's greater than the bill I'm going to hand you here, sign here. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty easy sale at that point. Right. The service industry understands the, vo the value of their time. Mm-hmm. Whereas retailers, they understand the value of a widget. Right. And so I like that thought. I, and I think in, when I'm looking at trying to provide a service, that ability to, listen, what I'm doing for you is, is letting you reinvest your time in different places in your business. So if I could stay in that kind of service and commercial space, that's really what I want to be doing. But if there's a like a retail niche. There's a lot of fun. so many niches. Yeah. Oh yeah. Toys. Yeah. yeah that, that's not to say you, you'd decline a retail either. No, no, it's no. just, I you know, work on them. It's just, yeah. I tend to have a lot more inquiries coming from service space. Service. Yeah, absolutely. That but makes perfect sense. I like the, I like the toy space. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of a neat space anyway. You have fun. Yeah. Which you have saved. Yeah. Are us. New. <laughs> <laughs> what they did to themselves was a long time coming. Yeah. Their website could not help them. Yeah, it was that Gary V has a great uh, YouTube on why Toys R Us went bankrupt type thing. Yeah. Matt Swanson, MS Digital Solutions. Let's say somebody wants to get a hold of you to help with their website, support, maintenance, or otherwise. How do they get a hold of you? 
msdigitalsolutions.com, uh, matt at msdigitalsolutions.com for the email, and just call me up, 260-223-9202. Perfect. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, that's a wrap. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.